Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Butt Fumble Football Camp, it's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> Show with Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, it was another tough weekend for your Cowboys, and my Giants took yeah. it on the chin. So, how how are you doing? I'm actually i I made peace with this before they even said uh, that Tony Romo was going to be inactive. I had actually. I've talked myself into the point where I think I want to. I wanted him to sit last week. I'd like him to sit this week in London, and then come back after the bye week. And in theory, he'll be closer to a hundred percent. Although realistically, like fractures in your back aren't going to heal in three weeks. But if I'm coming out of the bye week seven and three, because really, it's it's going to be hard to lose to Jacksonville in London. Although knowing the Cowboys, I wouldn't put it past them. I, I'm not all that upset about it. I mean, that's way better than we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. So I've, I've talked myself into a place of a quasi-denial about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I really don't understand that decision to take him over to London. I mean, last yeah. week all why, you were reading was how much more time Brandon Whedon got with the starters at Dallas than most quarterbacks do just because of Romo having to sit out so much with his back and miss so much practice with his back. And, you know, and now mm-hmm. they put him on a nine-hour flight. And, you know, even though they have a bye next week, I just, you know, I, I mean, Pretty maybe dumb. they figure it's not going to make much difference. But I just, to me, this, kind of smacks of desperation that they, you know, think, oh, no, we've got a two-game losing streak and we've got to beat the the big, bad, terrible Jacksonville Jaguars or else, you know, we're yeah. going to be uh, in deep trouble. So, and meanwhile, the Eagles have quarterback issues of their own with Nick Foles going out for six to eight weeks mm-hmm. with the, you know, with the yeah, shoulder injury. So, and, of course, now Mark Sanchez is back in the spotlight and, playing on Monday Night Football, no less. So that's, that division's going to get interesting. I mean, it's already interesting, but those two uh, Eagle-Cowboy games at Thanksgiving and then the week, two weeks after that are, yeah. are probably going yeah, to be the It could be potentially a Brandon Whedon-Mark Sanchez game, which nobody <laughs> No, Not I don't think it's... people are tuning into. <laughs> No, although both were starters last year for a time. Well, actually, no, Mark Sanchez got hurt and put on the IR with that stupid injury of thanks to Rex Ryan in the preseason when he put him back in the yeah. you know fourth quarter of a preseason game against the Giants and had him, you know. So that's what you do if you're starting quarterback. down like a garbage can. Yeah, of course. That's what any <laughs> good coach would do with their starting quarterback in this fourth quarter of the third preseason game. But, so anyway, why don't you tell people before we go any further how they can get in touch with us and join in all the frivolity here. <laughs> well, we will be here until 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. If you want to have your voice heard, feel free to give us a call at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. The number four, THN Inches Show. That's the number four, THN Inches Show or at fantasy underscore Sherpa or JKIM16. You can always email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and all week long at fantasyfootballsherpa.com, as well as the always trusty carrier pigeon and smoke signals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my personal favorite. Yeah. So... Just taking a quick look at what went on last weekend, 
not too many big injuries. I mean, we talked about Nick Foles already. Yeah, Nick Foles was pretty much it. You know, Wes Welker has a back injury, but hopefully you were past mm-hmm. the point of starting him in your you know, fantasy team by this point. You know, Lamar mm-hmm. Miller's shoulder was bothering him, but, you know, he sounds like he's going to be okay, although against Detroit's defense, you might not want to start him even if he's got a 100% healthy shoulder. Lots of players out on bye this week, but thankfully we're going to get some injured players back after their bye weeks. Looks like both Reggie Bush and uh, Calvin Johnson are going to be back for the Lions, and looks like Aaron Rodgers' deal with his hamstring is not so bad. Uh, We had a couple of quarterback changes this week. you want to take us through those, Jenna? Um, well, like we uh, alluded to last week, we have the always popular Zach Mettenberg and his beard coming in, um, and Mark Sanchez, obviously, coming in for Nick Foles, and we've got old Michael Vick back in the saddle out in New York, so it's been it's been a ton of fun out there. <laughs> yeah, and this week, too, we had, you know, they're on by this week, but Houston announced that they're benching Ryan Fitzpatrick in favor of Ryan Mallett. So yeah, that's that'll be interesting. That's at least one two-quarterback league where I've got to make a roster change. And then for reasons mm-hmm. that I'm not entirely sure of, the the Buccaneers have announced that um, Josh McCown is going to be starting again this weekend. But for some reason, they're still saying Mike Lennon is their quarterback of the future. I really don't get that. If your team is going nowhere, then why not start your quarterback of the future? But then again, you know, not they a lot of what's they paid happening in Tampa Bay really makes a lot of sense. No, not really. But uh, anyway, again, they, with that offense, they're not firing the, the gun too often on their, their buccaneer ship. But so, and mm-hmm. why don't... We've got another six teams on by this week. Why don't you take us through those? Unfortunately, yes. We've got Indianapolis, Minnesota, San Diego, Washington, New England, and Houston all on by this week, which means you were down quite a few wide receivers, a couple of pretty good quarterbacks, and a uh, few running backs that maybe you would have liked to have on your team this week. So it's, it's going to be an interesting one fantasy-wise. Obviously, we will be taking it through. Everybody you should be picking up and starting uh, this week that maybe you wouldn't normally consider. But uh, we'll we'll get you through it. It'll be okay. Yeah, we're almost through the end of these uh, crazy bye weeks. But, yeah, I agree with you. The wide receivers, there's, there's a lot of good uh, players missing this week. So we just have to do the best we can with that and see where that will take us. So why don't we hop right into the games. Thursday night, all the games are divisional rivalry games, which makes them a little bit more interesting. This week is no exception. Got the Cleveland Browns going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a shootout. I don't think either team's defense is going to be able to stop either team's offense. I think Cleveland will have success running and passing the ball, and I think Cincinnati will be able to run and pass the ball. For me, a lot of it comes down to how healthy is A.J. Green really. Is Cincinnati still pretty much a one-wide receiver attack with Mohamed Sanu, or is A.J. Green going to be able to contribute enough to make a difference there? Jeremy Hill had a nice game last week for Cincinnati. Terrence West had a nice game for Cleveland. 
when all is said and done, though, I'm going to predict a minor upset here. I'm going to say that Cleveland takes this. I'll say Cleveland 31, Cincinnati 28. I'm actually in complete agreement with that pick. I just, I, I'm not convinced AJ Green's going to be there enough to get Cincinnati over the hump here on a short week. I don't think that's just a, a good recipe for success. Uh, we saw some some good things out of Cleveland last week, and I think, like you said, these defenses are kind of going to be a non-factor here. And Cleveland's offense is a little more functional right now than Cincinnati's is. So I'm going with fantasy-wise. Uh, there's definitely going to be some guys that can fill some holes in your lineups this week. I'd still say Brian Hoyer is probably more a second quarterback option for me, but if you're in a deeper league, you may be okay with him. Uh, Terrence West, like we said last week, had a real big second half. I think you can probably start both he and Ben Tate. Um, They're still going to be splitting carries. There's going to be some value for both of them. Uh, I like Andrew Hawkins this week. Taylor Gabriel could be a flex option for me. Um, Staying away from tight end Gary Barnage. And I am going to start kicker Billy Cundiff, but like you said, I'm staying away from the defense. And although you didn't mention it, I guess just kind of by inference, Jordan Cameron is going to, Miss another game with his concussion, yeah. and you know Gary yeah, Barnage experience continues there in Cleveland. Well, the interesting thing, just a side note about this game, is that there's a revenge factor for wide receivers on both teams. Andrew Hawkins, currently with the Browns, True. used to be with the Bengals, and Greg Little with the Bengals used to be with the Browns. Greg Little said that he's going to make the Browns pay this week. I, I don't know about that. I think that. Mm. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath for that. But uh, for Cincinnati fantasy-wise, I like quarterback Andy Dalton this week, running back Jeremy Hill, wide receivers Muhammad Sanu. I'm going to go ahead and say start A.J. Green, but mostly just because we're missing so many wide receivers from other teams being on bye this week. Mm -hmm. Tight end Jermaine Gresham, okay. He's probable with his um, knee. In a kicker, Mike Nugent is okay to start. I'd stay away from running back Giovanni Bernard, who's out still with his clavicle injury, and wide receiver Greg Little in spite of his boast, and Brandon Tate in spite of not making a boast, and the defense, I'd stay away from all of them. That sounds good to me. At least it'll be, I mean, a high-scoring Thursday night game is going to be a little interesting at least. I don't know if a lot of people would have normally been tuning in for a Cleveland-Cincinnati game, but it should be a decent one. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty interesting game. So now let's head on to the Sunday games. We start off with Tennessee at Baltimore. Uh, there are going to be a lot of close games this week. I don't think this is going to be one of them. I think Tennessee will be able to run and pass a little bit against Baltimore's defense, but Baltimore's defense is improving as the season goes on. And conversely, Tennessee's defense not that great in Baltimore's offense, although it hasn't been quite as good the last couple weeks as it was for you know, a stretch there. I still think they're going to be able to get back on track this week. Baltimore should be able to run past all they want. I'll take Baltimore by two touchdowns in this game. I'll say Baltimore 31, Tennessee 17. I would like to disagree with you, but it really <laughs> there's really nothing to back it up. Uh, Tennessee, I, it would take something miraculous for them to win this game. Baltimore just has way too much going for it right now, and Tennessee not quite uh, on the same level. I think that's putting it nicely. Um, but fantasy-wise, you still have some value here, not maybe as much as some of the other games we're going to talk about. 
Zach Mettenberg and his clean-shaven face are more a second-quarterback option for me this week. I'm going to start Bishop Sankey, uh, kind of on the fence about it, but I'm going to go ahead and start him. Kendall Wright I will as well. Justin Hunter maybe is a flex option. I'm going to start Delaney Walker, but I'm staying away from Ryan Suckup and the defense. Just not nearly enough points there. And although we didn't really talk about him, Nate Washington was another somewhat uh, of an injury casualty last weekend. He messed up his shoulder and had to come out of the game. You know, I was a little surprised they didn't try to move him at the trade deadline. There was some talk that I they might. To, I feel like we were surprised every year that he doesn't get moved to the trade deadline. Yeah, this year, though, his production definitely has gone down and his salary hasn't. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed to me that yeah. he was likely to go somewhere. I mean, there are lots of teams that could you know, use a reliable third or maybe even second wide receiver option, but you know, not every team can trade for Percy Harvin either. So, But uh, he's still there, and I just don't think he's going to do much this week, but you know, so be it. For Baltimore, I like quarterback Joe Flacco a lot, wide receivers Steve Smith and Torrey Smith, who's had a really good couple weeks. Um, tight end Owen Daniel, who's resurfaced. Kicker Justin Tucker and the defense look good to me. Running backs, Justin Forsett and Lorenzo Taliaferro, okay, but I'd stay away from running back Bernard Pierce, who hasn't seen the field much or done much the last couple weeks. Yeah, he kind of faded away, just sort of exited stage left and was like, no, no, I don't want to be a fantasy option here. (laughs) But it is interesting, though. Of course, uh, going into the season, two of the big stories, well, Adrian Peterson didn't get suspended or put on the commissioner's list until after the season started. But you figure Baltimore losing Ray Rice, Minnesota losing Adrian Peterson, that that would be a major blow to both teams' running games. But they're actually both Weirdly, it wasn't. in the top 10 or 12 and in rushing yards per game, which just shows you that either those teams' offensive lines are a lot better than we thought or maybe their passing games are a lot worse than we thought and they have to spend so much time running. But Baltimore, they definitely have a good passing attack. So that's more testament to the job that Justin Corsett and Lorenzo Taliaferro have been doing in in place of uh, Ray Rice there. So, Yeah, uh, it didn't quite go the way that we were, uh, I mean, that we predicted or really everybody predicted. No, I just find, we say this every season, but this season I'm having a real hard time just predicting the results of the games from week to week just because the teams are so inconsistent. You know, Baltimore looked like world beaters a couple weeks ago, and now they're on a little bit of a downslide. After week three or four of the season, you would have said New England and Pittsburgh are both in trouble, but now they've certainly righted the ship. So who knows what things will probably change two or three times more before the end of the season again. So moving on, we've got what I think is going to be a close game and a defensive struggle. We've got Kansas City at Buffalo. Kansas City, really good running game, but Buffalo, really good pass defense. I I don't think either of these teams is going to be able to do much against the opposing defense, but I like Kansas City's offense a little bit more. I'm going to say that they win this game 20 to 17. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I think that Kansas City is probably going to win it by maybe six, seven points. 
I think it's going to be – I mean, I think it'll be a close game. I think it's going to be close most of the way, but I think they'll pull away a little bit here in the fourth quarter. Um, Buffalo does look like a different team with Kyle Orton. I mean, it was, it was going to be harder to get any worse than what A.J. Manuel is doing. But I just – Kansas City, there's just a little bit more there for me, especially fantasy-wise. Alex Smith, more second quarterback option. Um, but I do like Jamal Charles this week, as well as Dwayne Bowe and Travis Kelsey, who seems to be finally uh, looking like 100%. And I'm going to start the defense and kicker Cairo Santos. I just, I, I don't know, this Kansas City team is another one of those teams that we've seen look up and down very different, but I think they'll be okay this week. I almost picked up Anthony Fasano in a deep league last week and then you know when he was lying on the ground and squirming into the end zone with that touchdown catch I was kind of kicking myself but that's the way the the game works so um, very true if you'd pick him up he wouldn't have done anything no I don't know I'd like to think I have better uh, fortune than that but uh, you may be right so for Buffalo I like tight end Scott Chandler this week in the defense Kyle Orton, neutral on him. Running back Fred Jackson may be back, but I don't think even a 100% healthy Fred Jackson would be able to find much running room against Kansas City's defense, and he's certainly not 100% healthy. And he's splitting carries with Anthony Dixon and Bryce Brown still. So uh, unless you're moving running backs due to bye weeks, I'm not real keen on those guys. Wide receiver Sammy Watkins uh, injured his groin in practice today. He's questionable. I'd, mm-hmm. uh, he's a, not somebody I'd really want to start if I could help it this week. And uh, Chris Hogan has had a nice, quiet, under-the-radar season. He's a good flex option start if you're down wide receiver or two this week. Robert Woods was another one who hurt his back last week, so stay away from him. Stay away from Mike Williams, who isn't playing much and stay away from kicker Dan Carpenter. Poor Dan Carpenter. Just just can't catch on with a team that's actually going to win consistently. No, he's, he seems to be a, a bad luck talisman. But So, yeah. speaking of Dan Carpenter and his former team, the Dolphins, they're going to be on the road this week facing the Detroit Lions. Detroit coming off a bye in Miami. Looks very impressive at home last weekend, beating San Diego 37 nothing. I think this is another game like the one we just talked about where it's going to be a defensive struggle. I don't really see Detroit being able to do anything running-wise against Miami, even if they have Reggie Bush back in, Joyce Bell and Theo Riddick. I just don't see them doing much. Miami, you know, Detroit's got you know, one of the best defenses in the league, just statistics-wise. And I don't think they'll be able to do a ton either. And as we alluded to earlier, Lamar Miller a little bit banged up. But I think Miami's going to find a way to win this. I'm not real keen on Detroit coming off a bye week. So I'll say Miami 21, Detroit 17. Oh, I I think Detroit's going to have enough in the tank, especially getting Calvin Johnson back and Reggie Bush. I think they're going to be able to pull this one out. Um, I just... Normally, I'm the one who's trying to find a way to justify Miami winning, but... I was going to say, you're hoping I'm right with that prediction. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But fantasy-wise, I think Ryan Tannehill is more a second quarterback option. I'll say start Lamar Miller, just because you're probably going to need to fill some holes in your lineup, but quite frankly, I like him better as a flex option. Uh, I'll start Mike Wallace, but I'm staying away from tight end Charles Clay and the rest of the receivers. 
I will, however, start Caleb Sturgis and the defense. I don't think this is going to be a hugely high-scoring game, so I think defensively uh, Miami's still going to be an okay pick for you this week. But I I think Detroit's going to edge this one out. Well, we'll see. Uh, for Detroit, I would start quarterback Matthew Stafford in spite of what I said about them, you know, not being able to do a lot against Miami's defense. I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball at all. It wouldn't surprise me if he has to throw 45 or 50 times to keep them in the game. Wide receiver Calvin Johnson, if he starts, I would start him. Golden Tate's a definite start. Defense, I would start. Bring back Reggie Bush, Joy Bell, Theo Riddick. Those guys are all flex options for me. Tight end Brandon Pettigrew. Missed the game, as did you know, pretty much every tight end who had ever signed a contract with the Lions True. in London. True. <laughs> uh, but he may be back this week if he is. I think he's a flex option. And I would keep kicker Matt Prater on the bench. I just don't think they're going to score enough to make starting him worthwhile. All right. Fair enough. Let's keep rolling. Now we move on to another uh, interesting game that, if somebody had told you before the season that after week 10, either San Francisco or New Orleans were going to have a sub-500 record, you would have probably said, you know, you're crazy. But that's exactly what's going to happen. Both these teams are 4-4 four and four after nine weeks. They both had their bye week. And it's hard to know what's what's going to happen here. I, I think San Francisco's offense isn't as bad as it's looked the last couple weeks. New Orleans defense probably isn't quite as good as it's looked the last couple weeks, but I still think at home New Orleans is just a much better team than they are on the road. And even though I think San Francisco is going to be able to get their offense on track, I don't think their defense will be able to hold New Orleans down. So I'll pick New Orleans to win this 31-28. Yeah, I I like the score too. I think I'm definitely on board with – with New Orleans beating San Francisco this week, I don't know if I have quite as much faith in the San Francisco offense not being as dysfunctional as it looks. I just don't think they are as elite as everyone wants to say they are. Colin Kaepernick, sure he's done some good things, but right now he feels more like a facilitator than anything else, and it's a, it's a tough way to win. Uh, fantasy-wise, he's really only a second quarterback option for me. Uh, I like Frank Gore and Michael Crabtree. I'll even go ahead and start Anquan Bolden since it's a little thinner of a week, but staying away from tight end Vernon Davis. I will, however, start kicker Phil Dawson. I think he's going to see some time this week and definitely not starting the defense against this New Orleans offense. Not at all. I guess my faith in San Francisco's offense is based more on New Orleans defense than it is on mm-hmm. San Francisco's offense, if that makes sense. I'm just not sold on them yet, although they've looked a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. But so for New Orleans, I would start quarterback Drew Brees, wide receivers Marcus Colston, Kenny Stills, and Brandon Cooks. I'd start tight end Jimmy Graham and kicker Shane no relation Graham. Running back Mark Ingram looked good the last couple of weeks. I don't know that he's going to be able to run too much against San Francisco, and I don't think he's going to be an integral part of their pass game, so I'd leave him on the bench. The defense, I think they'll be okay to start, although not a great start. Bring back Pierre Thomas, who's got busted ribs, so keep him on the bench. Kyrie Robinson, still up in the air, what's going on with him with his arm, and Traverse Cadet again. I just don't think their running game will be able to do enough, and I think you know, like Detroit, I think New Orleans is going to be relying almost exclusively on the passing game to win this. 
true. But this is a game I do want to watch. I'm interested to see how these teams actually match up once they're on the field together because I think it'll it'll give us a better idea of, of who they actually are because we've seen, like you said, a lot of these teams have been very inconsistent, and New Orleans in particular has had some real stinkers of games, but then they've looked pretty good, mainly at home. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, they, how this one goes. Well, they finally won a road game last week in the Thursday night game against Carolina. I know they got so, crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, but that counts for something. Now, the next game, you were just talking about teams being inconsistent this year. One of the two teams yeah. in this game, <laughs> Pittsburgh, falls into that category. One of the teams, the New York Jets, does not. They've been consistent this season, but unfortunately for them terrible. and their fans, they've been consistently terrible. It's hard to believe they were at 1.10 and tied for the AFC East lead. The season has gone south in a hurry since then. (laughs) And today at practice, some enterprising fans hired one of those Jersey Shore planes that they Mm -hmm. have carrying the banners around to carry a banner around the Jets' practice field saying, fire John Hitz. I thought that was was quite classy. Way to go, Jersey. Way to go. Yeah. (laughs) But um, anyway, I think, you know, this just isn't going to go well for the Jets, and I'll pick Pittsburgh to win. I don't think their offense is going to ring up quite as many points as they have the last couple of weeks, but I still think that this should be a this will be not too close a game. I'll say Pittsburgh thirty-one, Jets twenty. Ooh, I, I mean, I think Pittsburgh. Yeah, I guess I guess that scores all right with me. I think they're definitely going to win by at least ten, maybe two touchdowns. Um, I'm not really confident in the Michael Vick-led offense. Wasn't confident in the Gina Smith one either, so it doesn't really change my feelings on the Jets all that much. Uh, like you said, Pittsburgh's not going to put 50 points up every week. I think they're going to finally start to run out of gas here a little bit, but they don't need 50 points to be the Jets. They really don't at all. So uh, fantasy-wise, I think it's pretty safe to say we're going to start pretty much everybody here on the Steelers. Uh, start Big Ben. Start Le'Veon Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant. Uh, I'll even start Heath Miller, who I haven't started in a couple of weeks, but I am not going to start kicker Sean Sweezum. I will, however, be starting the defense. So pretty much everybody but Sean Sweezum is good to go this week. Like Eric Blunt? Mm, maybe a flex option. Okay. And for the Jets, of course, last week I was busting on Chris Johnson and saying how he'd been probably the biggest disappointment, you know, free agent signing this year, and then he goes off and has his best game of the season. Of course, they still didn't win, so, but, you know, fantasy-wise, he probably should be on your radar again. Uh, for the Jets, I think they're going to try to control the game with the run. Just that's one way to keep a high-octane passing offense off the field. I, I think it's kind of interesting with Pittsburgh. In the last two seasons, they've lost really good wide receivers. Two years ago, they lost their number one receiver in Mike Wallace, who mm-hmm. signed the offseason yep. free agent deal with Miami. And then last year, Emmanuel Sanders, who was their number two at, after Antonio Brown, took off for Denver. But, you know, they just keep on ticking. This year, you know, Marcus Wheaton stepped up and Martavis Bryant is stepping up. And that's yeah, I think partly a testament to Ben Roethlisberger, but also a testament to the you know, offensive coordinator there, Todd Haley, and you know, the job that they're doing. So 
you know, sure, Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger may not be able to get along, but he sure seems to turn out wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. So for the Jets, I would start running back Chris Ivory, wide receiver Percy Harvin, who had a nice game last week. Michael mm-hmm. Vick, second quarterback, running back Chris Johnson, flex option. Eric Decker is a flex option. Tight end Jason Morrow is okay to start if you need to. Jeremy Curley with Harvin's emergence, I think his days as a starting fantasy option, even a deeper league, are probably done. So I'd keep him on the bench. Tight end Jeff Cumberland is slowly but surely losing targets to Jason Morrow. Keep him on the mm-hmm. bench. Kicker Nick Folk isn't going to see enough opportunities to be worthy of starting this week. And the defense, even though I think they'll they'll shut down Pittsburgh's run game to some extent, I just don't think they'll be able to contain the pass game and therefore don't start them either. Yeah, it's not not a great week for the Jets, although really most weeks are. (laughs) No, I was just thinking, you look at the teams that are in the running with them, for the, the first pick in the draft next spring. And you look and you see, you know, Oakland is obviously yet to win a game, so they'd have the number one pick yeah. right now. But, you know, the, I, I don't think they're going to pick another quarterback with Derek Carr there. And then you look at Jacksonville, who's only won one game, but they've got Blake Bortles there. So it looks mm-hmm. like at this point the Jets would pretty much have the pick of whatever quarterback they wanted unless some team were to trade up in front of them to Oakland or whomever, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, Jameis Winston would just be the perfect fit with that team in so many ways, just given his shenanigans and given the Jets how dysfunctional (laughs) they are. So that seems like a match made in heaven. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's plenty of bright lights and things to distract him there. So, yes, plenty of crab legs, although presumably he'd be able to afford to pay for them, whether he'd want to or not is another question. But, yeah, true. You know, true. He could get up on the table in Times Square and yell stuff at the top of his lungs. He could do whatever the heck he wants there. But, you know, we'll see so how that plays aren't. out. Yeah. So, you know, well, the next game... <laughs> yeah, let's go to London. That's be nice. My passport is in my pocket and I'm all ready to go. The, right, the, the third and final London game for the season is Dallas at Jacksonville. And, well, I should say Dallas Ooh. and Jacksonville. Technically, it's a home <laughs> game for Jacksonville, but that's, that's a pretty... Like, uh, like, their life isn't already hard enough that so they have to have home games in London. Like, <laughs> no, NFL. no, that's true. Well, this is definitely the kind of team the NFL had in mind when they said we want to take teams that have trouble you know, drawing fans at home and give them a London home yeah. game. They definitely had teams like Jacksonville in mind. So, anyway, yeah, Dallas, in spite of their struggles the last couple of weeks, I think Jacksonville is going to be a cure for them. Jacksonville's offense with Blake Bortles starting to look respectable, but that defense is just mm-hmm. still really, really bad in spite Awful. of importing yeah. the – Seattle linemen and all, they're just not getting the job done. So I think Dallas will double up Jacksonville. I'll say that they score 35 to Jacksonville 17. I had 28-14, but same same thought process. I'd be happy with 35. Um, I For me, it's hard to imagine how the Cowboys are going to lose this game. But like I said, 
those Cowboys and I think it's possible. I think they should be able to uh, win and cover the spread pretty handily here. Uh, Fantasy-wise, whether it's Tony Romo or Brandon Whedon, you can pretty much start them. Uh, hopefully it's Brandon Whedon. That's my hope, and it should be yours too. Um, I, I don't think you're going to get the production from one or the other is going to be about the same at this point. It's not like Tony Romo is going to come in and be 100% healthy after that. The lovely travel with just fractures in his back. That's not this is not gonna be great. But it'll still be playing against Jacksonville, so he's an okay start. Uh definitely start to Marco Murray. I'm absolutely gonna start Des Bryant and Terrence Williams. I'm gonna start tight end Jason Winton as well as kicker Dan Bailey and the defense. So pretty much all systems go here for Dallas. So if you want something to get worried about as a paranoid Dallas fan, you can worry about the fact that they have you know, one more time zone to travel through than Jacksonville did to get to London. <laughs> so maybe that'll affect every little, them a little every bit little more bit. than Jacksonville. Although, yeah, I just, who you knows? I mean, that's that's one more time. Five-hour time difference to, for Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> hour time difference from Dallas. So if you want something to worry about, besides Tony Romo's back there, you can have that to mull over for a few days. It's so comforting of you. Such a bitter, bitter giant or, fan. Or Joseph <laughs> Randall and the dissension that he's sowing in the locker room mm. there by dragging his teammates down into the mud with him when he gets arrested. So. <laughs> All right. What do you is think that about enough to worry about yet? All right. Okay, I, I think I'm good. This. Okay. So for Jacksonville, start quarterback Blake Bortles and ran running back Denard Robinson. Alan Hurden's had a nice back, bounce back game last week, especially given the wide receivers on by this week. He's a decent flex option. Alan Robinson's a decent flex option, as is Cecil Shorts. Tight end Mercedes Lewis has been on the IR designated to return list. Not sure if he's going to return this week, but even if he does, I'd keep him on the bench as well as tight end Clay Harbor. Kicker Josh Scobie, keep him on the bench and stay away from Jacksonville's defense. Yeah, it might might not be an awesome awesome week for them. No. So mm-hmm. either way it's gonna be a long plane ride home for them. But for mm-hmm. Dallas too, I guess either team can say that when they're coming back from a London game. Of course next week they have their bye to look forward to. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So yeah. moving right along we've got Atlanta at Tampa Bay in another scintillating matchup here. Yeah. Atlanta coming off a bye. Of course, I argued before that Detroit was going to have problems because of the rust factor, and Atlanta has definitely not played well on the road this season. But, again, they're up against Tampa Bay, who hasn't played well on the road or at home. It's not a really good period. No, I, I think Matt Ryan should be able to throw enough to win this game. And with the quarterback change in Tampa Bay, I just think that there's, that's, has the potential to be a mess. I think Tampa Bay will muster some offense, but I don't think they'll be able to stop Atlanta on defense. So I'll say Atlanta wins this. I'll go with the final score of Atlanta 31, Tampa 20. I I think it might be a little generous given Tampa 20 points. Uh, I know Atlanta's been kind of a mess, but... I just I don't really understand anything that's going on with Tampa Bay right now. I can't even begin to try to. It just makes my head hurt at this point, and I have enough to worry about with being a Cowboys fan, as we just alluded to. 
But fantasy-wise, I think Atlanta won't have any problem here. You can go ahead and start most of these guys on your roster. Starting Matt Ryan this week, because even though he's behind uh, a Swiss cheese offensive line, the Tampa Bay defense is a little lackluster of late. I'm okay with starting Steven Jackson, Julio Jones, and Roddy White. I may take Devin Hester as a flex option this week. Uh, normal week, I it's more of a reach or in a deeper league for me. But this week, like we alluded to, a lot of wide receivers down. So he could be a good flex option or a very deep league wide receiver. Um, staying away from the tight end, Levine Toliolo, and starting kicker, Matt Bryant. But stay away from the defense. Just I don't think this is going to be the best matchup, but if you're – Again, hurting for a defense on a bye week, you may be able to snag them off your waiver wire. Perry Douglas is another guy that I think if you're in a real deep league and have guys out on mm-hmm. buys, you know, kind of like Devin Hester, you might look to him as a fill-in for a week. Yeah, yeah, it could work. So for Tampa, I just because I don't think they're going to be able to do much with the running game. Bobby Rainey had a nice week last week. Uh, Doug Martin missed the game. He's doubtful this week with an ankle. I don't know what's going on with Charles Sims, but I would start wide receivers, Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, quarterback Josh McCown, okay, as his second quarterback in a deeper league, running back Bobby Rainey, flex option, tight end Austin Sperry and Jenkins, okay. Stay away from Mike Lennon. He's not playing. Won't help your fantasy team. Uh, Doug Martin, as we alluded to, not likely to play. Charles Sims, not likely to play even though he's not injured, or, or I should say coming off his injury. Kicker Patrick Murray, stay away. Stay away from the defense. All right. I can live with that. Go so to the, uh, the old afternoon games. Yes, <laughs> or the late games as they're known on the East Coast to most people, except for you. But except for so. Me. Except for you, right. So here we've got Denver at Oakland. Oakland, they keep surprising me with putting up a little bit more offense than I think they will, but I'm going to continue busting on them. Denver obviously ran into a buzzsaw in New England last week, but I think they'll get back on track here. I'll say Denver wins this pretty easily. I'll say Denver 28, Oakland 10. I I want to say that maybe this is going to be a little higher scoring on both sides. I like Oakland a little bit. I'd like to see what they're doing uh, against a real team like Denver. Uh, just Obviously, Denver's going to, going to kind of smoke them here, but I think it could be a good learning experience for Derek Carr. Fantasy-wise, I think you're going to have a lot more on the Denver side of the ball than the Oakland side. I think that's probably fair to say. Uh, so go ahead yeah. and start Peyton Manning. Start Ronnie Hillman. Uh, it is Monte Ball did come back to practice for the first time since he got hurt this week. Uh, if he plays, I'd say it's probably more of a flex option, but it looks like he may not for another week. Uh, I'm going to start Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Julius Thomas, and the defense, but I'm leaving Brandon McManus on my bench. I was not really excited by his performance last week, and you are definitely going to have better options. So for Oakland, I would start quarterback and wide receiver James Jones. Wide receiver Andre Holmes is a flex option for me in a deeper league. Tight end Michael Rivera caught a couple touchdown passes last week, so he's back on the radar screen and okay mm-hmm. to start in a deeper league. Running backs, they're not going to be able to run on Denver's defense. They may be able to pass, but they're not going to run. 
So they've Darren McFadden, Maurice Jones-Drew, who everybody seems to have forgotten on the bench this week, kicker Sebastian Janikowski might have a big leg, but he just doesn't get enough chances to use it. Keep him on your bench and stay away from Oakland's defense because Peyton Manning is likely to torch them early and often. Probably. Oh, so, then it's just not your week, but they'll, they'll get one eventually. Well, <laughs> I don't know. They're starting to get to a point where you wonder if they could run the table in the in the worst sense of the word and and you know, end up 0-16 like the Lions did a number of years ago. But like you said, they're, yeah. they're showing enough life that at some point they'll probably there's some, there's a win a game. There's a there at least. Too bad for them they don't get to play the Jets later in the season, but that's just the way the <laughs> yeah. schedule worked out because that would definitely be the Marcus Mariota Bowl or the Jameis Winston Bowl. or Well, I guess Oakland wouldn't take a quarterback, but whatever bowl for them. So yeah, let's keep on going then. We've got St. Louis at Arizona. I'm going to go for an upset here. I think you know, Arizona's looking like, you know, one of the best, if not the best teams in the NFC right now. But St. Louis, they've been hanging tough in spite of losing you know, half their offensive line and defensive line and losing Brian Quick and losing Sam Bradford. That's a really resilient team there. And I think they're going to bounce back you know, again this week. I mean, not bounce back. They won last week. But you know, I think they're going to win again this week. And I'll pick them for the upset at Arizona. I'll say St. Louis... 21, Arizona 20. I I wouldn't be, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an upset. Um, I just, Arizona, I know they have the best record and, you know, things are working for them, but it just, it it just doesn't feel like they're the best team in the league. You know, I just, St. Louis is kind of a scrappy upstart team and I can see them pulling this off, although, I mean, ideally, it's not going to be your best bet fantasy-wise for some of these guys. It's more going to be a fun game to watch than a fun game for your fantasy team. Austin Davis is more a second quarterback option for me. I like Trey Mason more as a flex option this week. I don't love the matchup. I do like Kenny Britt and Jared Cook, though. Uh, staying away from Greg Legg and the defense. Do you think Kenny Britt's going to be a viable wide receiver one option or more of a, a starting wide receiver for the rest of the season or more just a flex option in a deeper league? I I think he's more a flex option for me in a deeper league. I'd like to think that you know, he could be more than that, but we'll see. He's, you know, he obviously I, has I the mean, talent, like but to. just <laughs> too inconsistent. And with Well, Austin Davis is doing pretty well there, so we'll see. It's a nice story yeah. if he can keep things going. So for Arizona, it would be a nice story if they made it to the Super Bowl since the Super Bowl is being played in their home stadium. But I think it's been since be cool. the mid-'80s when San Francisco played at Stanford's stadium, which doesn't really count. But it's been a, a lot of years since the team played the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So it would be fun to root for that to happen. Of course, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, that's not fun to root for that to happen, sure. but, you know, uh, for Arizona, I'll say start running back Andre Ellington, start wide receivers Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald, start quarterback Carson Palmer, wide receiver John Brown, tight end John Carlson's having a quiet uh, 
you know, nice bounce back season there. So start him. Wide receiver Jared Brown caught a touchdown pass last week, but that doesn't mean you should start him this week. In fact, you shouldn't. Kicker Chandler mm-hmm. Catanzaro, not worth starting this week, and neither is. Yeah, but I would start the defense just because I think they're going to um, St. Louis reasonably in check, even if they don't score much themselves. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. They're a pretty good defense, especially for uh, a fantasy team that's got six on buys this week. Yes. Yeah. So next we come to a game that is, like most Giants near games, this week is going to be pretty <laughs> painful to watch. You know, the Giants are going up against Seattle. Oakland gave Seattle a run for their money last week. And, of course, the late touchdown made the score seem a little bit closer than the game really was. But I just don't see New York keeping this close. I think Seattle's going to be able to do whatever they want on offense. Of course, they prefer to run the ball, but the passing game is still in a bit of flux right now. Zach Miller's still out. Doug Baldwin's dinged up. You know, Jermaine Curse hasn't really emerged yet. So a little hard to tell what's going to happen here or how Seattle's going to get it done. But I just think that, you know, the combination of, you know, New York having a pretty atrocious defense and running back Rashad Jennings still being out, I think it all adds up to a two-touchdown victory for Seattle. I'll say Seattle 31, New York 17. Uh, I've got I've got the Giants scoring uh, 21 points, only losing by 10, but I think we're pretty much in agreement that Seattle's going to take the reins on this one and, and pretty much hold on the whole game. Um, I will still start Eli Manning because, quite frankly, the Giants are going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be behind. Eli's going to be throwing the ball all day. I think you'll be okay starting him. I'll start Andre Williams. Peyton Hillis is more of a flex option. We saw him kind of be a little bit of a factor last week uh, against the Seattle defense. I don't know if it's the best matchup in the world, but like I said, six teams on by. Sometimes you got to do stuff you don't like to do. Uh, Ruben Randall, okay, starting as well as tight end Larry Donnell, staying away from kicker Josh Brown, and absolutely not starting the defense. Pretty much never want to start the Giants' defense, but not against Seattle. Odell Beckham had a nice game last week. He's quietly you know, become a decent fantasy option. I, I think I Left him on the bench in one league, much to my chagrin, but uh, I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of starting him uh, this week. I like but, him more uh, as a flex option. I don't know if I want to go go too crazy with him yet, but like you said, he's kind of quietly reemerging. I mean, everyone had high hopes for him, and he kind of dropped off the radar for a while there, but with Victor Cruz being out, somebody's got to catch passes. Yeah, I mean, he was hurt for a good portion of the beginning of the season, but now he's back. And, yeah, I, I would argue that at this point he's probably even a better fantasy option than Randall, but I guess time will tell on that. Right. So for Seattle, I'd start quarterback Russell Wilson, running back Marshawn Lynch, kicker Stephen Howish is going to start the defense. Running back Robert Turbin, I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time, so it wouldn't surprise me if he piled up some rushing yards in the second half. Wide receiver Doug Baldwin, more of a flex option in a deeper deeper league. Tight end Luke Wilson, okay to start. I'm still not confident enough to start Jermaine Curse, and Zach Miller is still out with an ankle injury, so definitely don't start him either. Mm-mm. I keep hoping that Curse is going to kind of find his stride and break out, but it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, they, they need somebody else 
to step up in the receiving game, but you know, there's mm-hmm. there's still some time. They've got a couple young receivers that haven't gotten much playing time yet, but we'll see how things shake out there. So we're already on to the Sunday night game, given the three week three games short this week. So this is a, another division rivalry game that you know, Chicago at Green Bay. It's easy to look at Chicago and say Jay Cutler is a mess. That whole team is a mess, and yeah. Green Bay, you know, they beat Miami. They laid an egg against New Orleans, but they're coming off the bye week, and they're at home. I, I'm going to go out on a limb again, and I'm going to predict an upset here. I'll say that Chicago gets their act together. I think they'll be able to run and pass against Green Bay's defense, which doesn't impress me at all, the Green Bay defense, that is. Um, I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to run much against Chicago. I think they'll be able to pass, but just think Chicago will be able to do a little bit more on offense in Green Bay. So I'll say Chicago wins this on a you know late touchdown. I'll say Chicago twenty-eight, Green Bay twenty-seven. I've got Green Bay winning by three. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think this is going down to the wire. Um, I just think that. When it matters most, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and that offense than Jay Cutler. And what the Bears are doing right now, it's a little more functional. Uh, I'm interested to see this game probably more so than just about any other game this week, though. Fantasy-wise, even though I personally think Jay Cutler's a mess, I think he's still going to be a good fantasy start this week, as well as Matt Forte. I'll start Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. Martellus Bennett. I'd rather use him as a flex play, but I think you probably can still use him as a tight end this week. Um, but I'm staying away from both Robbie Gould and the defense. And San Antonio Holmes? San Antonio or San Antonio. Both of them are on the bench. <laughs> okay. So for Green Bay, I would start quarterback Aaron Rodgers. His hamstring doesn't sound like it's going to prevent him from playing on Sunday. Wide receivers Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are good starts. Running back Eddie Lacy, yeah, I just don't think they're going to be able to run as much as they normally do. So yeah, he's more of a flex option for me. Rookie wide receiver Devontae Adams, deeper league, go ahead and start him. Kicker Mason Crosby is okay. Defense, yeah, if you need to. I don't think Chicago is going to put up a ton of points, but uh, I don't think that you know, they're going to shut them down either. But uh, stay away from both the tight ends, Andrew Corliss and Richard Rodgers. They both had one or two nice games this week, but there's just not enough consistency there to make them worth starting. It's amazing for a team that was so reliant on their tight end just a few years ago, Andre Michael Finley, and and how big of a factor he was in the offense for them now to not even have a, a clear-cut number one tight end. It's interesting how the offense has kind of morphed over time. Yeah, it is, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. They don't have someone as talented yeah. as Jermichael Finley there, so you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's good for them and you know, their offense for being able to adapt. You know, they obviously making the best out of the personnel they have, and maybe they don't have a, a, a legitimate tight end starter there, but you know, on the other hand, they're working Devontae Adams into the mix this year, kind of like they did Jared Boykin last year when injuries mm-hmm. forced their hand. So I, I just, yeah, I like the way they go about doing their business on the, or go about their business on offense there. So the defense is another story. I mean, obviously they've got some 
big name players with Clay Matthews and uh, AJ Hawk, but yeah, I think those guys are probably more reputation than anything else at this point. The defense just the the sum is Isn't less there. than the yeah the whole is less than the sum of the parts. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just we'll see what happens there. So now we're on to the Monday night game. Mark Sanchez's return to prime time. Yeah, it's easy to look at him and you know, make fun of the butt fumble, which we did in the opening, but he played yeah. pretty well in relief of of um, Nick Foles last week. Of course, you could argue that's because there wasn't really any pressure on him this week. You know, he's had a whole week to think about being the starter and you know all the Monday night pressure and all, but I think the Eagles offense is the kind that he could do well in, just not giving the defense a lot of time to get set and tee off on him. And Carolina's defense hasn't been as good as we thought they were going to be before the season. So even without Nick Foles, I think Philadelphia can win this game pretty easily. I'll say Philadelphia 31, Carolina 21. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to go with a, a similar score. Maybe Carolina makes it within a touchdown, but I'd I'd be surprised. I for as down as I've been over the past few years on Mark Sanchez, I actually think this may work out for him. Um, the Eagles' offense is clearly one that's going to benefit him more so than the last few Jets ones he was running. Uh, I know there's a lot of people knock Nick Foles for maybe not being the world's strongest, best quarterback, but he's in a system that works really well and kind of benefits the quarterback. Uh, and I think Mark Sanchez, it it might work. I mean, Chip Kelly may be the right kind of coach for him. I don't know. I'm very. This is a game I wasn't really sold on watching. I just didn't think it was going to be all that interesting until Mark Sanchez had to come into the game last week. And now it takes on a little bit different of a dynamic, and this is one that I'm actually going to watch this week. Um, I I didn't really ever think I'd get to a point where I would be voluntarily watching a Mark Sanchez-led offense, but we're here. It's happening. <clears throat> Fantasy-wise, Carolina, I mean, their, their number one rusher and passer is Cam Newton. It pretty much the offense is going to begin and end with him. I think you have to start him. Jonathan Stewart at best is a flex option. I think I'm okay starting Kelvin Benjamin, but Jericho Cotteri is going to be more of a flex option. You can go ahead and start tight end Greg Olson. Somebody has to actually catch passes periodically from Cam Newton, and I think Benjamin and Olson are going to be the two best targets there. Stay away from kicker Graham Gano. Stay away from the defense. Like we both said, Philly's going to take this game. Carolina is just not impressive this year. I'm not really impressed with any aspect of what they're doing. No, I mean, they were 12-4 and four last year, and uh, I won't say it's not into the Granted, playoffs. Not having a run the... game is hard, but it's not like they're so but much worse off than some of the other either. teams it's in this the same, league. It's, it's like they keep bringing D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart back every year, and then every year the both of those guys the spend at least half the year on the, uh, you know, on the bench you know, with injuries. So yeah. I just... I really don't understand. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, great addition this year, but, you know, letting Steve Smith go, uh, replacing him with Kelvin Benjamin, uh, it's okay. But, you know, they just, at some point, they're going to have to do something to upgrade that running game if they want to be a legitimate contender. I mean, they were a pretty easy choice to look at all the teams that made the playoffs 
last year and say this isn't happening again this year. So we'll see. But uh, I agree that uh, there's there's not much there there for them this year. For Philadelphia, yeah, it's a, it's a tough year. Yeah, for Philadelphia, it is this this will be the ultimate test of of Chip Kelly's offense to see what they can do with Mark Sanchez in. I still think that at least this week they're going to try to rely more heavily on the run game against Carolina than the pass, although Carolina is a little bit better against the run than they are the pass. But I would start running back with Sean McCoy, wide receiver Jared Macklin, who's quietly having, or even not so quietly, having a very good season and they're not really missing Deshaun Jackson that much. He's putting up the same production as Deshaun Jackson did with a lot less of the drama. So, from a Philadelphia yeah. fan standpoint, you'd have to like that. Kicker Cody Parkey was a nice find in preseason. They got him for I think mm-hmm. a six-round draft pick from the Colts. Defense is worth starting. Quarterback Mark Sanchez, second starter for me. Running back Chris Polk again. He had some nice, uh, you know, yardage last week without you know all having it on one run. So he might be a, a decent flex option in a deeper league. Wide receivers, Riley Cooper and Jordan Matthews, okay to start. Tight end, Zach Ertz, okay. Again, the only guy you really need to avoid there at the risk of stating the obvious is Nick Foles. Yeah, his broken collarbone are not going to get you a lot of points this week. No. So we have a couple minutes left. I wanted to bring something up. Um, I I saw today that Marcus Lattimore, the running back who had torn up his knee a couple times, that you know, University of South Carolina and is now, you know, was a member of the 49ers, finally decided to pack it in. And, yeah, you know, he just came back to practice this week and apparently just decided it wasn't going to work out. I think also he has a $1.7 million insurance policy that he gets to collect mm-hmm. on if he doesn't return to active duty, so to speak. So I'm sure there was some incentive for him to do that. But, you know, that was kind of sad. You know, he seemed like a good guy from what you could tell and anybody that works through two major knee injuries like that, you know, you root for them to make it all the way back. But unfortunately this story doesn't have a happy football ending, but hopefully he'll go on and do great things with his life. And, uh, you know, he may never be a fantasy factor, but uh, hopefully someday we'll be reading about him doing great things in other fields. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, he was so young, and he was such such a really great runner. Uh, but having multiple knee injuries to both knees, it's hard. I can't. I can't even imagine. But to not be able to feel secure with your legs under you when that's your job, it's it's got to be so tough. I applaud him for making such a hard decision at such a young age. Um, and hopefully, like you said, we see some good things from him down the road. In the meantime, uh, feel free to weigh in with your thoughts on that and anything else we've talked about this week, as well as any questions you have on your lineup. You can find us all week long at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and fantasyfootballsherpa.com. We'll be back next Wednesday night from 9.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as always. And you can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN into the show. Uh, at fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16, as well as you can email us at the number four THN into show at gmail.com. So thanks for the show, everybody. And Jenna, as you like to say at the end of the show, you know, it. good luck to everybody except the people that are playing me this week. 